Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Okay, it's the big one. I know everybody's been waiting. We have finally reached a tisket, a tasket. Oh no, guys. Yay! I have to do the summary this week. You got this. I mean, it's a great episode, so at least it's it's good content. (laughs) There's just so much that happens in this episode. I keep getting these episodes where, like, a lot happens, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have to hit every single thing? Are you kidding? It's never going to happen. But I'm going to try my best. You can do it. Let let me know when you guys are ready. Okay, ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. There's a basket auction in town. Suki wants Jackson, even if she's insecure about living together, and gets Kirk. Lorelai wants a handyman, not Miss Patty's setups, and begs Luke. Lane wants Henry, not Cousin David, and ends up with neither. And Rory expects Dean, but gets a date with Jess she enjoys, triggering both Dean and Lorelai. Jackson gets Suki's basket back and then proposes to her, who says yes. Lorelai is concerned about Jess because Dean snitched. And Emily agrees with her, causing Lorelai to step back in horror. Time. Rory calls Jess. I mean, you were like literally one scene. Yeah. Literally one scene. <laughs> How important is Rory calls Jess? I mean, I think that's like a huge turning point. I, I mean, we'll get there. <laughs> I also, admittingly, like, I am going to be honest, that sentence continued. <gasps> Because I said, Rory calls Jess as he twirls her lost bracelet. Oh. You didn't bracelet mention the bracelet, right? One. I didn't. Oh, yeah. That was going to be, like, my last thing that I mentioned. I knew I wasn't I wasn't going to succeed this week. It's fine. I'll, I'll take the point. It's fine. Yeah. Yes, because the points are bad. <laughs> <laughs> the points do matter, and they're bad. Yes. Listeners, if you're confused about the point system, don't worry, we're even more confused. (laughs) And we created it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's okay, because, like I said, a lot happens this episode, and like you said, Jess, it is a big episode. It's a big Jess episode. Yeah. It's a fun one. And I mean, like I said, it's, it's definitely a turning point, and I, I, I haven't watched this episode in a while, so it was... I was surprised at how big of a turning point it is, how much shifts in the course of this episode. 
I gotta be honest, this is one of my uh, rewatch episodes. Like, when I'm feeling down, when I want to pick me up, it's this one. It's, it's a good got one. everything. Silly town fun. Jess. Rory and Dean fighting. Some Suki and Jackson. Emily telling mm-hmm. Lorelai that she fully agrees with her and Lorelai having the appropriate, ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm doing it wrong response. <laughs> what more could you want? Exactly. La 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 So to start the episode, we actually, it's it's pretty funny because we start the episode outside even though the girls are inside. And we have these series of signs. Yes. Dozy is sponsoring a basket auction Sunday at noon for the Stars Hollow Retirement Home. Sure. Have we ever seen this home? Will we ever see this home? (laughs) Probably not. No one knows. (laughs) And it's sponsored by Dozies, which is coincidentally where the girls are. And it's the beginning of this episode is always funny to me because they have this like clearly dubbed over dialogue Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. Rory and Lorelai, where they're having a conversation that was definitely just taking place in like two recording booths um it's not an acted scene but i mean it must have been important like that that conversation must have been important for them to have like slapped it on top of the the video like they did it it throws me back to the starlight founders festival when it's like panning Mm -hmm. over all the decorations going up and miss patty tells the story so i'm wondering like if they were trying to recreate that kind of but they didn't know Maybe. what to have the girls saying so like let's talk about William Holden yeah they're shopping for baskets mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's this basket auction that they do every year although this is season th- two at this point and we didn't have it last year and we never mm-hmm. have it again spoiler alert we never have it again <laughs> very important Rory has to adhere to the rules this is an important festival. She does. Also, it's tradition, so Rory has been doing this for how long? Who's Since they moved to town. When Rory was like two. So like she obviously <laughs> yes. wasn't doing it as a two year old. But even no. so, let's say she started when she was ten. Who's buying uh-huh. a ten year old's basket and having lunch with them? Like is Lorelai? Like, like, maybe, yeah. maybe you'd buy a friend yeah. or a mom or you know, maybe Patty bought her basket or something. I like, you know, I can think of possibilities, but like, I want to know the answer as to how this went. <laughs> it's definitely played as a very romantic thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh yeah, definitely. Like you're you're expecting somebody who has a crush on you or who you have a relationship with to buy this basket. And um, while this is happening, they're at Dozie's. Lorelai runs into Miss Patty, and mm-hmm. it's so funny. Because Miss Patty is, I don't know, rifling for change. Lorelai can give her some change or something. And a picture of Lorelai comes out of her wallet. Where does she get and this it's picture? Like, Where did this <laughs> picture come from? What are the odds? What are the odds that you go up to an older lady, right, helping her out for change, and a picture of you falls out of her wallet? I feel like it could have been played off better. Patty is like a retired, like, thespian. She's been a dancer. Like, girl, you couldn't have improv that, oh, you just keep a picture 
in in your wallet because you love her. Like, I mean, Laurel, I would have seen right through it, as she does. But no, Patty's out there looking for men and <laughs> presenting them with Lorelai's photo. I mean, for I herself, too, wonder. I think. If it's semi-intentional, because Lorelai does end up getting, like, all of their resumes, for lack of a better word. Resumes, headshots. Yep. A little weird. Like, without this scene, what the hell would this thing from Miss Patty have been? Miss Patty would have given it to her. Yeah. Maybe it was, like, her trying to convince Lorelai, like, oh, look at the great things they've done. They watch mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 200 and sometimes and put that on a resume. <laughs> Would totally put that on a resume. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But Dean and Rory are having a, a cute moment, let's say. It starts off very cute. They don't have many cute moments in this episode, so this is definitely a cute moment. I think yeah. it starts off very cute with Rory, like, clearly in love with Dean. Mm-hmm. Then somebody else shows up. Yeah, I mean, because they're just making out in front of the super glue, as yeah. <laughs> as a young teen couple does. And honestly, Jess coming in for super glue, you know, he's up to no good. <laughs> what is what is he doing? What's he using it for? Right? What, what is he gonna do? I know we're gonna talk about fashion, mm-hmm. but that coat does nothing for Milo and Amelia. Is it the tan coat that yeah. he wears throughout the episode? Yes. It's very baggy. Yeah, it's and it's it's corduroy, like just... beyond just being a tan coat. Because if it was like, imagine, okay, let me take you on a journey, listeners. Imagine that this is not a corduroy coat with leather covered buttons, but like a Carhartt coat. You know, like same color pattern, but like a thicker material, something a little bit like tougher no he looks like paddington (laughs) (laughs) he does and he like only buttons up the the top button it's i just don't i don't understand the point of only the top button i don't is it a fashion statement what what is this it's giving me paddington it's giving me winnie the pooh it's just it's not i mean at least he's wearing pants just winnie the pooh (laughs) I do have just, like, (laughs) thoughts in general about the way that the two boys are dressed um, in this episode, which I'll go into in fashion, but, I mean... Sorry, I just had a mention No, (laughs) no. Like, just think color palettes. That's kind of what I'm going to get at. But, yes, Jess appears and just kind of creepily stares at them while they make out. Then he leaves. Yes. Dean has a little monologue about how much he hates Jess. Yeah, and it's like, he's here. He's breathing. Like, Get your teenage angst. And deal with it. Yeah. But, like, why does Dean hate him so much right now? Because, like, is it the look? Well, to be fair, they've already fought. Like, Jess was in a fight outside of the school. And then Dean tried to break it up and Jess threw a punch at him. The momentum fight, yeah. And they had the look at the Bracebridge dinner, which Dean Mm -hmm. witnessed, which has made him, like, go on high alert. Right. But, I mean, this is, like, the first of many red flags throughout this episode with Dean. It really is. But Rory tries to get Dean to reconsider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, no, Jess is a good guy. Like, I wish you guys could start over. And, like, I almost think, like, why? What does she want? Does she want the three of them to have, like, dinner parties or something? Like, how awkward. I think she I think she's just she really wants to be friends with Jess. And I think she knows that she can't really be good friends with Jess if he doesn't get along with Dean. So I think in her mind she's still like 
fully committed to Dean but likes Jess and wants to get to know him better. So she's trying to like pave the way of them being friends while realistically that's never going to happen because Jess Mm. is clearly into Rory and Dean knows that. And Rory, sweet little naive Rory, does not know how to read the room. I want to, actually you just reminded me, I want to keep an eye on Rory's mood throughout this episode because there's a shift from annoyed slash all right he's cute but he's annoying to i have a crush on you yep Mm -hmm. so i want to keep track right now she's at that i wish you were not as annoying as you are yeah stage yeah i love her little cod at the end like when he's just like standing behind there i'm like that is the (laughs) appropriate response yeah oh jess yeah but yeah, um, we move on to the Independence Inn, and like we mentioned, Lorelai gets a, basically an envelope package of potential suitors. Yes, sure. and she gets it while she's on a work call, um, potentially like booking some people, which she is doing on a computer with no issues, so apparently Michelle's she is not capable here. of using a computer at this point. I will say, and granted, I've never worked at a hotel. I did work at a doctor's office answering the phone. And granted, while I was never in charge of the mail delivery, I also would never open the mail while on the phone with a guest or a patient. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that threw me off. I'm like, sure. Yeah. You're supposed to be so great at your job. You're literally opening mail while on the phone instead of booking the reservation that I'm sure you have to get multiple things of information for. Weird rant. Sorry. Well, um, yeah. No, it, it's I feel like it's valid. Lorelai's well, head is just like in different places. Lorelai can't do anything without providing commentary. So like she should just know herself at this point. Like she can't do anything without making like snippy comments. So like mm-hmm. you can't open the mail on the phone. You're going to say something about it. Um, but she does receive, uh, you know, an envelope full of all of these eligible men who are not quite so eligible in her mind. And she goes right off to tell Suki, Mm -hmm. who is in the middle of a gigantic baking and cooking project, which we've talked about this before. Is Suki paying for all of these ingredients or are these the inns ingredients that she is using for her own basket? I mean, at the very least, she's using the inns resources. Yeah. And her time. Yep. She's presumably on the clock. She is getting paid to make a personal basket for her boyfriend. And Lorelai's And it almost looks like the other cooks are helping. Yeah. What are the paying customers at the inn eating right now? Because apparently they're not feeding anybody at the inn. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I love Suki. She can really do pretty much no wrong, but like every time I see this I just think, is this time theft? Like, yeah. <laughs> it is. is yes. <laughs> it is, technically, yes. I mean, she's stealing from Laura. Well, she's stealing from Mia, more likely. But, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's fine. Mia's not I mean, here. Mia would probably be like, yeah, girl, make Get that it. basket out of pretzels. <laughs> well, Jackson comes in and we get the first. I, I thought it was a good little foreshadowing scene because he's not allowed to look at the food. Mm-hmm. Right. He has to turn around because he can't look at the food. And usually we attribute that to wedding situations. So I thought it was a little good, like, a little nice foreshadowing. Yeah. And then Jackson gives a subtle, not-so-subtle hint of, should we move in together? And Suki's like, renew your lease. You have a great kitchen. (laughs) 
the house across the street is kind of ugly but who cares this whole like (laughs) scene and this whole argument well it's not really an argument but later they call it an argument they have is really interesting because it kind of um like swaps the gender stereotypes Mm -hmm. right like the gender Mm -hmm. stereotype would be the woman is dropping hints about wanting to move in together and the guy is just I don't Oblivious. know. But in this situation, yeah. it's like Jackson is really sweetly dropping hints that he wants to move in. And Suki's just like, your apartment is great. Do you like it? <laughs> I love Suki. I love like, Suki in this episode. Is she being naive or is she being purposely naive? I, mean, I, I think know. she's kind of doing both. Yeah. I can't decide. Because, I mean, that's what she says later. So she has thought about it, but... I mean, she could have very easily thought about it, though, but, like, your boyfriend's standing in front of you asking, like, hey, should I renew my lease? I feel like that's a very obvious question, and Suki's just, I feel like she's completely oblivious to it. Potentially. She does have yeah. her moments. But the scene ends with, um, Jackson is pretty disappointed. Oh, yeah, he is. Poor boy. He, is, he sounds he really sad. Yeah, he expected it to go a different way. Mm-hmm. Um for Jackson. <laughs> but it's finally Sunday. It's the day of the big auction. And the girls are walking up. And they're talking about their baskets. About mm-hmm. how... Good thing that this always happens the day before trash day. Or the, the day, day after. after trash day. The day after. So trash day is on Saturday? I guess, yeah. That's I mean, it's different for every Friday. city. Yeah. yeah. Right? But essentially, they're saying that they're putting, like expired goods week old leftovers in there and then they joke multiple times about how there's two pop jars and a slim jim in lorelei's basket which seems like the better basket when we see what's in rory's to be honest but i love that joke we're gonna get to it but like since we mentioned it now it's that luke yeah literally knows calls what's in that basket it's so great um, but yeah, apparently these baskets are full with junk, and she's already told Dean, go eat. Because mm-hmm. Rory expects Dean to buy her basket, and it's not even, ex- like, questioned. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're going out, of course. Well, I mean, the very first scene is Dean literally telling her what basket to get. Get a small one so you can right. put less expired goods in it, mm-hmm. is essentially what yeah. that conversation is. And Lane, meanwhile, oh, bless Lane. <sighs> This is a tough episode for Lane. It she is. has a plan. She has, like, created this whole scenario that is going to finally allow her and Henry to have their first date. Mm-hmm. And it includes a secret basket, a decoy cousin, a, uh, a, drive-by. a driving around the block and honking, like, a payphone. It's straight out of, like, it feels Harriet the Spy, you know, yeah. like. I bet she Kid loved detective. I've been watching Downton Abbey. Great Ooh, show. It. But like one of the characters is getting like has interest in another character, but they're cousins. But this is like 1900s England, so no one cares. Yeah. And this is all I could think of the entire time. Oh, you're going on a date with your cousin. Well, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's not. Did That's they ever weird. talk about how close of co- <laughs> they were second cousins, right? I think they were. In downtown yeah. Abbey or here? Marion. Uh, they were they were technically second cousins. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. smaller chance of extra toes. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. 
yeah, there's a whole heist that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention in this scene, Lorelai mentions the fact that when she was younger, she doesn't give a specific age, but theoretically before 16, mm-hmm. she had a boy in her uh, room snuck in the closet and then he had to sneak out the window and he broke his leg trying to get out of the window. Yeah. And then she never mentions whether Emily or Richard found out. Like, I'm did assuming, this kid like, hobble kid... home? <laughs> was it Christopher? I mean, it was bef- it was before cell phones. Yeah. Like, it's not like he could have, like, called a buddy and said, like, get me off the Gilmore's lawn. <laughs> Either way, it was like, she was just like, ah, to be young. And I was like, girl. Well, and you think she's, she's essentially glorifying lying to your parents, which just continues the yeah. trend of... Okay, so she's okay with Lane lying to her mom sporadically. She's just not okay with Rory lying to her, and Rory lies to her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To be fair, I think in this episode, Rory kind of lies to herself quite a bit in this episode, too, though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But it is now time for the main event. It's Mm -hmm. auction time. And of course, Taylor is the adjudicator, like. With this yes. beautiful Vanna White-esque model right? behind him handing out <laughs> Who baskets. Who is this woman? Her, like, I, I, I want to talk about her. Can we talk about her now? And I want to talk about her clothes. Yeah. Like, yeah. She is a whole vibe. She's essentially got, like, a wedding updo. She's a beautiful blonde. She's got this emerald green satin top that's, like, ruched at the waist. She's got a gold chain link belt, big sleeves. She's got a leopard print camisole underneath that you can see every now and then. Like, who is she? Taylor's Where did they get her from? (gasps) I love that. (laughs) Wouldn't that typically be Miss Patty? Taylor's wife? Usually that's the kind of role she does. No, not that is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Although, what if Taylor and Miss Patty were married? I feel like they're more like work wife, work husband vibes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I don't think Tyler could handle like... Miss Patty. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, no. I don't think and she I don't could think handle that... him. <laughs> Taylor yeah. could not handle Miss Patty, and Miss Patty would probably murder Taylor. Exactly. What happened to your other three husbands? Well, he wouldn't be enough fun for her. But no, she's just like we never see her again. Nope. She's a stunning lady who just Beautiful does baskets, smile. and that's all she does. And we actually start off with Rory's tiny, tiny little basket. At $3. <laughs> At $3. Dean, I will give him his props again, says $5, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. And Impresses then it Lorelei. happens. Oh, well, to we're going to talk about Dean and Lorelai this episode. Because Everything. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then out of nowhere, from the background, $10. From Mr. Hooligan himself, Jess Mariana. From the hoodlum in the back, because Taylor the, later calls him. What does he call him? The nice young hoodlum in the back? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, number one, Taylor would not say nice when referring to Jess, considering no. he is the man no. that he, Jess is the boy that he has convinced put a chalk outline of a dead body in front of his store. I mean, he was. Yes. He, he did do it. We know this. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was just trying to get away with calling him a hoodlum in front of all of these people after yeah. the whole Luke scandal, mm-hmm. you know, but oh, yeah, man. these boys really bit up this basket of Yeah, the competition nothing. starts. $90 is where it ends. 
Yeah, because Dean can't afford more. And I mean, I feel that um, at that age, I wouldn't have been able to afford more I feel it. Mm. But at the same time, like, we just got over Dean gifting Rory a car that cost. Yeah. Well, that's why he has no money. (laughs) I guess. But dang. But how does Jess have that money? Unless he literally hasn't spent anything. He probably hasn't. I think that... Does he have the job yet? I mean, obviously, we don't know canonically that he has the job. The diner. Job. He works yeah. at Luke's. But I mean, his other job. His he doesn't. Job. I don't think he has Walmart yet because he doesn't have a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Luke pays him well. I can see Luke doing that, being kind of generous. Well, I can also see, like, Luke paying him whatever, minimum wage, but just just never spending money. Yeah. Because what would he spend money on? Besides, Super like, glue. cigarettes? <laughs> books. <laughs> books. Oh, books. Him and Rory yeah. fund Stars Hollow books. Yeah. Hmm. Andrew <laughs> Andrew gets off nicely with uh, Jess and R- Rory. Yeah. But, okay, so Jess wins this tiny basket filled of gross food. Mm-hmm. And Rory seems more upset about Dean's reaction than the fact that Jess won. Oh, yeah. The whole... Dean is, like, a total drama queen. I get Dean being upset. Like, he sees this guy come in that he knows has a crush on his girlfriend, purposely outbid and kind of try to humiliate him to Mm -hmm. force Rory to spend time with him. I get Dean's anger there. I do not like how Dean comes in and Rory's not going to go with you. And just starts, like, talking about what Rory's going to do and basically, like, mm-hmm. no, taking over. He straight up says no. Yeah. It's like, you can't. And, like, no, you can't do that. You can't tell her what she can and can't do. I'm not Mm-mm. sure what the right decision at this point would have been, but. Also, if your mom has to say, do you want me to go with you to handle your boyfriend? That's that is bad. Weird. Yeah. It's, like, weird that she would offer. It's weird that, like, honestly, maybe it would have made it better, like, (laughs) to have an adult in the situation. But, again, it feels like one of those situations where, like, Dean and Jess are two grown-ups who get to have a big conversation about Mm -hmm. what little Rory's going to do. And while Jess is, yes, advocating for, like, oh, like, she gets to stay. But, like, at the same time, Jess, you're not really helping. Yeah. You know what no. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, his position here was not to help. No. Um, I do want to clear something up from... Uh, I don't I don't even know if clearing up is the right expression, but just... Rory was a bad girlfriend in this scene, too. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Dean was an asshole. Yes. But Rory was not doing the right thing. This is an everybody yeah. sucks situation. Exactly. Yeah. Dean was being, like, possessive and overreacting... And Rory was kind of feeding into it. Feeding into it, yeah. I mean, she was like, we have to because it's tradition. We're just going to have lunch. And, like, also her argument of, like, we're just going to have lunch. Like, that is is technically what the plan would have been, right? They're just Mm going to eat. It's going to be over. You know what? There would have been nothing in the rules for Dean to go with them. Yeah. No. All three of them. 
Just come with us. It could have been another Tristan um, in Miss Patty's <laughs> situation. Like, yeah. just Dean standing there looking at them. Angrily. Yep. And she's not even being great at this time. No, but I feel like that would have been, like, the only win scenario for Rory to continue that day. Yeah. Well, realistically, Rory should have been like, okay, I'm not going to go with Jess. But she wanted to go with Jess. Yes. Very yeah. much so. So. I mean, he also spent $90. He did. On, like, the trash. Like, not food. that she owes anything to him, but. <laughs> I can see the Ugh. guilt coming in with that, though. Like, of, well, it's tradition, and it's, we've been doing it forever, and, like, I don't know who she's had lunches with in the past, but mm, you have lunch with whoever buys your basket. I don't yeah. know. I have mixed feelings about the whole situation. I do, too. But I think we can all agree that Dean is super dramatic as he walks away, right? Like, it's the most dramatic <laughs> yeah. turnaround. Well, because she says, you know, I would never do anything to hurt you. He's like, you're doing it you're right doing now. You're doing it right now. <laughs> and, like, to Heel Jared's turn. credit as an actor... That line is like so overdramatic, but his acting as he walks away did not like make it melodramatic. No, he no, delivered right? it. He very was just well. frustrated. I was like, "Good on you," because I don't know if I could have played that line off as well as he did. <laughs> they say like it's only good actors that you hate, right? Like you can't hate a bad. Act- yeah. Well, you can hate a bad actor, but like you can hate a bad actor for reason. being a bad actor. Exactly. But you're gonna hate. The, the character because he's so good like he's so John good at Free, playing this game of thrones level hate is just oh. so impressive because apparently yeah. that actor is like the sweetest little kid a lot or not a little <laughs> kid anymore but that's what i had heard too <laughs> well speaking of joffrey uh dean's first <laughs> words are i'm gonna kill him yes which like i I am very lucky that I have never had a, um, like, possessive or jealous partner. Um, so I have never been in a situation where my partner threatens someone that way. Uh, but, like, that would make me super uncomfortable. Like, even just to say yeah. it, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. that would, I'd be like, okay, no, you need to cool off. We're done right now. Yeah. One thing that I found interesting is that Dean is convinced that the reason Jess is doing this is to get get to him. Is to mess with him is not about Rory at all. Like, and and maybe I'm not remembering it right, but I really feel like if Dean would have been like, hey, he clearly likes you and he's doing this to spend time with you. And yeah, probably to get underneath Dean's skin a little bit. Like, I wonder how Rory would have reacted to that. I feel like she would have been like, no, he's not and brush it off. But yeah. Well, and I think that Dean probably doesn't want to plant that seed. Yeah. Right? Because we know Ooh. that he's, based on the look at the Bracebridge dinner, like, that's where his mind has gone. Mm-hmm. But he probably doesn't want to even bring that up to Rory, because if he brings that up to Rory and she starts thinking about it, yeah, who knows what could happen? Oh. He doesn't need to plant that seed, though. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Based on how this episode goes. It's already there. <laughs> Dino keeps yelling at her. Well, not really yelling. It's more like a parental figure talking to their kid. It's a lecture. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to go with him. You're going to stay with... Like, it's very controlling. Yeah. It's controlling. Yeah. And uh, Rory stands her ground. Like, good for her for standing <laughs> yeah. for to do what she wants to do. 
I'm not sure it was the right choice, but, you know, good for her for having the balls to do what it was. Yeah. I mean, not to go too far ahead in the future and stuff like that, but just this is the start of her being a serial cheater. And so, like, she always has an excuse as to why it's okay. She's allowed to do the stuff that she's allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Today starts the emotional affair. That being said, I like Rory and Jess, so. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, you know, Rory says she's going to go with Jess. Dean has stormed off. Mm -hmm. uh, But there are more baskets to be auctioned. Specifically, the most especially well-respected chef in town Mm -hmm. has made a beautiful basket. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she seems surprised that other people are bidding on it. If I was going to bid on a basket that was supposed to be full of food, who wouldn't bid on Suki? Right? Oh, I don't think she's surprised about that. I think she's surprised about the fact that Jackson is not bidding. (laughs) Jackson is standing (laughs) in the front of the crowd and just, like, scuffing his shoes, looking at his feet, just being sad. It's very Charlie Brown. Like, (laughs) I I made a note. Um, This is probably Jackson's most expensive lack of communication error that he makes. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Like, it's also the pettiest thing that he does. It is. I mean, I would argue a child is even more expensive than a basket. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> Sandra hasn't even Up seen it Up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different Jackson. It is a different Jackson. But yeah, so the bidding goes between essentially Kirk and Andrew, which nice to see Andrew again. I feel like we haven't seen mm-hmm. him for a while. We haven't. But I love that he's, I'll go up to $50 if there's pie. You can't put stipulations on the bid. That's not how this works. Like, you would assume there would be pie, right? I mean, looking at that basket, there's got to be something good in it. If it's not pie, there's surely some kind of delicious (laughs) dessert in there. Kirk even bids himself up on accident. You know, hold on. Jess did the same thing. Jess went from $20 to $30. He, like, Dean didn't say anything. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I just love that it ends with Kirk walking up and like, it could have been mine if I hadn't outbid myself. Like, calls himself out to Taylor. Oh, Kirk. Yeah, it could have been 25 (laughs) if I hadn't gone up. Kirk is a character. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so once the basket goes to Kirk, Suki is like, uh, Jackson, what? Hi. What happened? You were supposed Mm -hmm. to bid on my basket. And then we get the reveal that Jackson is upset because Suki didn't, I guess, immediately invite him to move in just talk you know use your words friend (laughs) i feel like it's not even a because she didn't want to move in with him i feel like it's more of a like she wouldn't even entertain the conversation yeah yeah like i bet if they would at least had a conversation even if suki was not she's like you know what i i'm just not quite ready for that i feel like it would have gone much different for that yeah and Suki's just like insecure. Yeah. About mm-hmm. the about it. And as soon as she shares that, they're fine. Yeah. And like he dips her. It's really cute. It's like, like the most romantic kiss in this entire yeah. not the entire series, but it's a good one. It is a good I one. I mean it's one of the best kisses we've had yet. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
But yeah, it is sweet. They they make up, uh, and Jackson is going to have to figure out some way to get that basket back. Speaking of baskets, Lorelai is getting hers bit on, and uh, she starts recognizing the dudes that are bidding because she recognizes them from the resumes that were sent to her. Yep. And what does she do when she's in trouble? When well, she needs someone, before we get who to does that, she go to? Can we talk to about this random blonde woman that Lorelai is like oh, commenting yeah. oh, to blonde. that we've never <laughs> seen before and we'll never see extra. again? Who is apparently a, a good enough friend that Lorelai could just shove her coffee mug into this woman's hand and run as away. she runs away. <laughs> And the woman's not but like, she's... what are you doing? She just kind of smiles and then like, like she expects this to happen. They're having a full-blown conversation, one-sided, but like, it's... Well, yeah. Most conversations with Lorelai are one-sided. Well, one is Lorelai and the other one is a principal extra who didn't get paid to talk, but got paid to have like FaceTime. I bet she had lines and they cut them. Potentially. Maybe. No Either way, she gets a mug of coffee and Lorelai sprints to Luke's. Mm-hmm. I think... This is where things get a little bit time wonky. There is no way that they could still be where they're at in that auction after Lorelai has gone through the process of taking plates out of Luke's hands, messing with the cash register. But if we think about it, they start doing 50 cent increments. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they've been working up by 50 cents since she left. At Luke's, by the way, the revolving door of Caesars continue. Yep. We have a new Caesar. (laughs) <laughs> and and he is actually yes. referenced as Caesar. Like yeah, Lorelai mm-hmm. actually calls him Caesar, an actor that we have never seen before. I don't think we will ever see him again. No, because like, he's not one of two guys who like long term yeah. appears in the diner. I think this is the only time that we actually see this guy. Because there's also an Asian man. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen um, theories is Mr. Kim. I love <laughs> that theory. I've seen it and I love it, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, And I don't think he's called Caesar at any point, but I do know there's two main actors mm-hmm. that are usually Caesar, yeah. and this one is also Caesar. So yeah. either Luke has a propensity, only hires people that name Caesar. <laughs> Say, or, or Luke is super racist and just refers to all of them as Caesar. Them Caesar. Yikes. Or ASP is super racist. Um, and she uh, says, hop, we hop, could hop. just cast any brown man and call him yep. Caesar. Basically. Anyways, Lorelai is, yeah, is going up by 50 cents. Luke is just like, I'm going to have to shell out $52 for this. For two slim, two stale Pop-Tarts and a Slim Jim. Yep. And when they finally get that number, one of the guys who's been bidding is like, we were only supposed to go up to 50. Did Patty tell them whoever gets to 50 gets her? Like... Yikes. I feel like it was a Patty like, she's great and you'll love her, but don't go over 50. <laughs> Patty would. Luke saying, I have life is one of the funniest Luke lines. Like, he's just like so over this. Mm-hmm. Luke winning and Laura like going with him to grab the basket and you guys totally lucked out. I play D&D and walk. I'm like, oh, yeah. I play D&D. Right? I play D&D. We all play D&D. There's nothing wrong with D&D. I was about to say this was the 90s, but it was not. This was the 2000s. It was the 2000s. When Nerdum think... was not mainstream culture yet. Yeah. Yes. You know, the OC still hasn't premiered. Oh, it's geez. still 2001, I think. 
Yeah. And the OC was 2003. Really, Adam Brody was the start of the nerd cheek movement. The nerds mm-hmm. are cool. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and we still haven't even gotten Adam and Gilmore Girls. Not yet. <laughs> so, at this point, they're supposed to go off and find their dates. And yes. Jess finds Rory. And, like, it's this short little scene of, like, are you going to go after him? Not right now. All right, then let's go. And it's just so, like, it's cute, but she's vaguely annoyed. Like I said, her mood right now is still vaguely annoyed. Mm-hmm. But she's mm-hmm. going with it. We have Lane sitting on a park bench, which mm-hmm. let's recap a little bit. Lane gives out, lays out the whole plan. Henry is supposed to call the payphone at 2. So presumably mm-hmm. that means the basket auction started at what one one thirty? No, it was noon. At noon? Yeah, they had a the sign said at noon. Okay. So it's been two hours. It's a long basket. So then she's auction. sitting on the bench. It really is. And it's three o'clock. It's an hour past the time that Henry was supposed to call. That just seems so extreme for her to sit there and wait an hour. Like I'm thinking ten fifteen minutes, and she would have already figured out the phone was broken. Yeah. I don't envy people. I mean, I was one of those people, so maybe whatever. I like cell phones, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. They're very nice. Well, and we did jump over the Jackson and Kirk scene. Yeah. Jackson finds Kirk. Gotta get that basket. And Kirk is Kirk. Kirk is criticizing. (laughs) Kirk has 12 brothers and sisters. Right? I feel like we... Kirk has such, like, a mystical past... That we should be writing down everything that we find out about Kirk because now he's got 12 brothers and sisters. Previously, he had, had was new to town, right? When he was Mick. Yeah. He was a new to town. Well, he was. I guess he was Kirk the Jerk. Well, he was Mick first as the cable He was Mick, DSL then guy. he was Kirk the Jerk. Yep. And Patty didn't know him. But now, now he's got 12 brothers and sisters, all of whom got a basket made by their mother. Except mm-hmm. him. Except him. Except him. And he's not a twin. But he's the one who <laughs> lives with his mom. So presumably, his mom has been making baskets for, like, at least ten years. Longer than that. Right? There's gonna be an episode later on where Miss Patty says, like, I've known you since you were in diapers. So, like... It's such a mess. Yeah. We have no idea where Kirk Either way, from. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk really wants a basket. And he's actually disappointed by Suki's basket. Yeah. There's no carrot sticks. Where are the carrot sticks? There's a picnic without carrot sticks. There's chutney, but no crinkle cut carrots. Which, by the way, I would love some mango chutney. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that, please. But yeah, no, and I think Kirk plays it up. He is a salesman, and oh, yeah. he knows what he's selling, and he's like, 250 bucks. That's how much it costs. And Jackson <laughs> asks if he can make a check, and apparently... Sure. He does not have enough ID, and Kirk will not accept the check. It's so funny. I This is the beginning, I will say this is the beginning of, I understand why Kirk has almost a quarter million dollars in savings in a future <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah, he hustles. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, we go to Luke and Lorelai having their date, quote-unquote date. They're very awkward. I think they realize they're on a date. Yeah. And they don't yeah. know what to do with it. 
Mm-hmm. The way that Luke is sitting on the bench is, like, extremely awkward. Yeah. Like, his body language is just uncomfortable. And Lorelai's talking about how it's a picnic, they should be on the ground, and Luke's like, we're not sitting on the ground. Like, Honestly, his little mini rant about people sitting on the ground or eating on the ground was so funny. I'm like, yes, Luke, I, I agree with you. Get a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and as they're like kind of sitting there, Lane runs over mm-hmm. um, and she's distraught. Yeah, As for Lorelai's cell phone. Henry hasn't called. She found out the payphone doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And she can't use her phone at home. Mm-hmm. Nope. So she goes to Lorelai. And because Lorelai is no longer a mom supporting mom kind of person, yeah, that, she good. just gives it to her. Yeah, and Lane calls Henry. And, like, she calls his home so she knows he's in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So at the very least, he's, whatever, 15 to 45 minutes away, depending on how he gets there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, like, she knows he's far away. He's yeah. far away. He was um, probably driving around Stars Hollow at some point, like, waiting to pick her yeah. up. But he couldn't get a hold of her on the phone. So he drove home. Lane calls him. And he yeah. called the store. Mm-hmm. Well, he called her house, but... right. That um, Mrs. Kim picks up, and like I like that he tried to sell her a Washington Post subscription, <laughs> <laughs> and that Lane is like, "Well, were you successful?" <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, Henry's over it. Which, like, we are always justice for Lane. Um. But I get it. But like justice for yeah. Henry, this is kind of miserable to be having to jump through this many hoops. When, like, really at the end of the day, it's because the girl doesn't want to tell her parents about you, which doesn't feel yeah. very good. Well, and it's and it's even more confusing, too. It's the girl doesn't want to tell her parents about you because they would approve. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish that Henry would have said something earlier. Because, like... Yeah. Even if, the, okay, say the payphone wasn't broken, they go on a date together, they have a great time, and at the end of it, by the way, I've asked another girl to prom. Yeah, that's awkward. That's really bad timing. Like, yeah, I don't like how that panned out. He sh- should have been like, okay, well, I'm going to ask another girl to prom instead of dealing with this, not that he already had. And he has. Well, and she even says, like... Are are we breaking up? And he's like, we haven't even been on a date. Like we're not even yeah. going out. We're not going out. Like the one, t- the two times they've seen each other, the party, which was great, mm-hmm. and then at at a school function. Yeah. Right and like, oh man, Lane's voice breaking. Like she's in the brink of tears. She did such a good yeah. job with that. Uh, and she runs home and. Like, Dane, David ratted her out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> David seemed like he was going to be cool. Turned out, no. no. Well, I'm confused, too. Like, how long was she gone for him to, like... 15 minutes. That's what she said. And he just immediately, like, he spends clearly, what, three hours spending time to help her cover. And then the second she's out of view, um, goes and, you know, rats her out. 
basically. And Mrs. Kim puts two and two together. There's a boy. And Mrs. Yeah. Kim does not approve. It's like a real yelling match. Which... Yeah. Have we seen, like, a yelling match between Mrs. Kim and Lane before? Not yet. Um, not one where Lane is yelling back. Yeah. But she's really upset. She still has Lorelai's cell phone, by the way. I, <laughs> I watched does. it in her hand as, as she, she marches went upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, well, she'll get that eventually. But <laughs> no, Mrs. Kim is like done with it. She knows there's a boy. Mm-hmm. Lane is in trouble. Lane is done. She's just. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Poor Lane. That's so hard. It's not even like a first breakup, but it's also like a first breakup. Yeah, it's an almost. It's not a first breakup, but it's a first heartbreak. Yeah. That we know of Almost relationships are very hard. Yeah. And they can break you. They can break you as much as real relationships. Well, because you never... honestly, like... You never get any kind of closure with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because you never have the relationship to really determine that you need closure. Just this big old open what if. Yeah. And before we were, like, so super easy to contact through texting and IMing and Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram and all that stuff, like, back when you had to call each other on the phone or maybe you had, like, AOL Instant Messenger, like, you might only have a few little important moments that you share with that person. And then all the time in between, you're thinking about them, you're Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing them again, Mm -hmm. like, getting that little tiny dose of like reading their away message and oh my gosh are those lyrics about me like and it hurts when it's over so I understand why Lane is just heartbroken and wants to curl up in bed and just cry Mm -hmm. yeah meanwhile two people on a date starting a date but not a date because they're not together and also she has a boyfriend are Rory and Jess and Rory is just like, I don't care where we go. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. She's annoyed. And Jess takes her to the bridge. So romantic. It is so romantic. I love the lake. <laughs> like, it I is love like the bridge. Notebook. I ho- I, I'm so disappointed that we don't get more of it. Like, I know. even post Jess. Like, it's such a beautiful scene. Why do we only see it around Jess? And we only see it twice. They break up, uh, Dean and Rory, and mm-hmm. they meet up there in the bridge. But, like, in my head... Like, they're always at the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so iconic. I mean, it's where Luke first pushes Jess into the water. <laughs> yeah. And Jess, it's imprinted in his memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He jokes yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, I would assume it's a little traumatic. Your first day um, in a new new town, just from the big city, your mom just kicked you out. And you your, your uncle. uncle. And he shoves you into a lake. <laughs> But they've they've gotten past that. We're yeah. good. Now. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Rory's mood's still annoyed, but she's following. Mm-hmm. And she asks him point blank, like, "Why did you do that? Why did you buy my basket?" And he kind of admits that it's just to um, to bug him, to bug Dean. Mm-hmm. And then it continued because of the reaction. But like, no. Like, we saw the scene. You walked over there with $100 in your pocket. Yeah. You were prepared. You were prepared. And also, 
you like Rory. You just don't want to tell her. Well, yeah, because what well, teenager I mean, admits we get to that. that. I mean, he almost admits to it later on on this date, but not quite. What do you think that food was? It looked like it was like rice. Yeah, which I, like tuna mixed with rice. Like a leftover. I, the thing is, like chicken casserole, rice. Or something. <laughs> Rice that has been left in the refrigerator for too long, as somebody who was literally cleaning out, like, a little Tupperware of rice uh, before we recorded, that stuff gets so gross so quickly. It does. And he, bless his little heart, he just digs right on in. (laughs) Well, they start to flirt. And they start to flirt over Dean, which is weird. Um, That Dean's an idiot. Dean never would have believed that. (laughs) Like... I just love yeah. how Jess, like, pulls out the fork, you know, puts a sleeve up. Just, I mean, <laughs> he takes a big mouthful. Ugh. Gross. Just gross. Her little laugh. <laughs> it's so cute. It is. Well, we go even cuter, because next we have Suki and Jackson, and Kirk did not accept the $250 via check, so he's now getting paid via... With carrots? In installments. Which, hey, you know what? This works out for everybody in the end. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I think that this scene is like perfection. It's beautiful to look at. It's so sweet. However, there is no way that all of that food fit inside the basket. There's a cake tray. There There is is a whole cake platter. (laughs) There's multiple types of cakes. There's like, what, three cakes? It's it looks amazing. Is there a pie? I don't see any pie. Uh, I don't Maybe either, that's what's on the cake But tray. I do see champagne glasses. Yep. Yes. And, of course, the basket itself is pretzel filled with goat cheese. Which I would love. Suki is now ready to talk about moving in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jackson is so blasé about... He no. doesn't want to move in anymore. He's good. Mm, no. Yeah. Um, Okay. <laughs> It, like, like breaks calls. Suki's heart. <laughs> yeah. He thinks they should get married. Oh, this is, like, this is one of the sweetest proposals. My all-time favorite proposal in a piece of media is uh, my big fat Greek wedding. That's, like, mm. my absolute favorite proposal, but this one is up there. It's so sweet. It's so genuine. It's not, like a big gigantic public display of affection it's just private between the two of them mm-hmm. it's so sweet i'm trying to I think of it. my favorite proposal <laughs> in a tv show and i just i can't think of anything i do really like this one though yeah and i love her are you pregnant <laughs> yep <laughs> like it's so cute and then yeah of course she's going to marry him and <laughs> she says you do know this means we have to live together. Um, <laughs> With fun little, like, cries. happy tears. Oh, it's so yeah. sweet. And also, Melissa looks amazing in this episode. So, like, and I know that they probably put, like, a little extra. <laughs> they put a little extra in her hair and makeup because it was this big episode. But, like, oh, she's glowing. She's, like, literally glowing. Partially because they have the scene lit kind of bizarrely, but. Her hair and makeup are on point. Mm -hmm. Her outfit is not. (laughs) We'll talk about it. I don't know. I have a worse dress in this episode, and it's not Suki. I do, too. I'm very interested to hear who it is. (laughs) Um, 
But anyways, we we do go back to Luke and Lorelai, who now have Luke's burger slash salad. Do you think Lorelai pays him back? Like, no, no. he doesn't. Eat, she of doesn't even not. pay when she goes. So she, well, no, I mean, not necessarily for the food, but like she goes, makes him pay fifty two fifty for the basket, oh, right. and then he has to provide the food for their picnic. Like this whole this whole day's a disaster. I, I mean, don't not- think so. I think. I mean, he's the owner. I, I really think that he has made a donation to charity and <laughs> provided her lunch, and she's going to go on her merry way and yeah. not think about it again. <laughs> well, Luke is just like, so you made a basket. Who was this basket for? And she starts talking about, like, oh, this person and this person. They usually come and they fix this or that in my house. And she I'm thinking was to myself, hoping to nab the Collins kid. Yeah, to fix the rain gutters, which actually comes in. Kid? You were hoping a, what, 16, (laughs) 17-year-old kid would buy a grown woman's basket and nobody would bat an eye at this? It's Lorelai. I have issues. Oh, yeah, no, that would be be weird. That's the extent Um. of my issue, but, like, that's my (laughs) issue. Well, I do think that Lorelai can get away with anything, first off. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. secondly... My problem that I was going to say before is Luke comes over once a year and fixes the house. Yeah. Right? So why does she need to do this to get well, people to come fix the house? But we we learned that she has a very large list for Luke to fix. I highly doubt he gets through everything. He probably She probably gets him to do the things that she really wants. Mm-hmm. Or needs. Yeah. And then there's just other small maintenance things that come up and you don't think about them, like cleaning the gutters. Yeah. That's um, my thought. I don't know. Well, she also thinks it's a nice concept. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. whole pro- thing of the boy buys the basket, the girl provides the food, blah, blah, blah. Which is funny because in the beginning of this episode, she was like against it. And she was against it for Donna Reed, too. Mm-hmm. To be fair, she doesn't actually cook food here so no absolutely not (laughs) two stale pop tarts and a slim jim she likes she likes the concept that's fair but she looks a little well what she says is that you know it's it's someone that you love or share a crazy crush on and like when she says that you have to think about all the people that are currently on dates so suki and jackson crazy in love Mm -hmm. right jess and rory supposedly rory and dean would have been crazy in love for rory mm-hmm. and dean but it's rory and jess so is that the crazy crush lorelei and luke is it a little bit of both <laughs> she might have been talking about lane with the crazy crush yeah that was supposed to be i would lane assume and so yeah well, either way she looks a little down and luke does admit yeah you know what it is nice it's a sweet moment for them it is yeah yeah, I like it. Unfortunately, it gets ruined by Dean. Dean comes to complain about his girlfriend to his girlfriend's mother. He, like, straight up snitches. Not for the first time. Like, I uh, just... Why? I don't like it. This is just, like, such a wild boundary issue. I'm coming to complain to my girlfriend's mom that my girlfriend didn't do what I told her to do even though she is a 16, 17 year old girl who 
should be able to kind of do whatever she wants. Who has a mind of her yeah. own. Yeah, and I mean, he, mm-hmm. like, yeah, goes off about Jess and starts listing all these bad things about Jess. Like, he's getting into fights, he's doing vandalism, and, like, come on. Like, I fully expect Lorelai to be like, you do realize that was my prime target in high school, right? <laughs> well, Lorelai says, you sound jealous, right? And he's like, no, I don't. I'm just protective over Rory. Why does she have to be nice to everyone? And it's like, oh my god, Rory the is Dory. A... <laughs> You're jealous. But Rory's not an idiot. Stop treating her like one. Yeah. She's not a child. Stop treating her like one. Exactly. Yeah. Dean is not my favorite person in this episode. I'm not going to lie. You mean he's not going to win Town's Person of the Week? <laughs> uh, no, he's not. But we move on to back to Jess and Rory. And Rory's in her element. Jess is They're in having his... a great date at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is They're like... They're talking about books. Yeah. It's so great. They connect over it. It's something that they're both passionate about. She's clearly having fun. They're willing to read each other's like hated authors because the other person loves them i'm like that's very really sweet interested that ernest hemingway is the one that she doesn't like that threw me off and especially because yeah. in the future don't worry and logan debate over like the manuscripts of ernest hemingway maybe this is why <laughs> this is why she gets in- involved in him to begin with have we ever seen Rory and Dean have a conversation this animated about a topic that is not their relationship? The Donna Reed show. <laughs> early on, well, early on when Dean is reading Tolstoy, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. they they Tolstoy. have a I feel like an animated conversation about that, but it's very one sided. Yes, mm-hmm. no, because he tries to get her to read Hunter S. Thompson. That was one of their first, like, really flirt, not first, but that was a very flirty conversation for them. Was yeah. her try? So this is basically just a redo <laughs> with Jess and different authors. She's got a pattern. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very sweet. He, um, he flirts with her. He says, um, Ernest has lovely things to say about you, which I believe is, like, a very famous quote at this point. She flirts back. And she... She kind of, yeah, she does flirt back. Um, but she calls him out and says, this was a plan. Mm-hmm. Well, she says, why are you only nice to me? Right, she does, yeah. Which and is a valid plays question. dumb. <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> because he was fighting with Dean, you know, like an hour ago, or maybe multiple hours ago, based on the Lane timeline, who knows. But I don't know. He fought with Dean, and now he's being so sweet to Rory, and he admits... Fighting with Dean, you know, was a necessary step to get to being here and being nice to you. (laughs) Yeah. And he invites her for pizza. And instead of being like, no, because I'm only, tradition only says I have to do this with you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything else besides this. She goes, yes. Well, first off, she goes, tell me, tell me. Okay, you won't tell me. I'm just going to go. And she drops her bracelet. Yes. The Dean bracelet. And, of course, Jess finds it, picks it up, and like any good little shoplifter, just 
takes it with him. <laughs> okay. I don't want to um, defend stealing. I don't. But can you guys tell me that when you had a crush on a boy and you were, say, 12, you didn't steal <laughs> a little thing from him? Oh, I mean, like, I a pen think or something? my childhood bedroom probably still has, like, name tags from boys yeah. that I had crushes on. Like, if there were name tags, you'd swap name tags with them. Or, But I, I never, like, took any truly personal belongings. Yeah, bracelets a lot. <laughs> to be f- well, to be fair, Jess doesn't know what this r- bracelet is. He doesn't. He just thinks it's Rory's bracelet. He has no idea, like, the connection behind it. I mean, if he would have known that it was Dean's bracelet, I don't think he would have even taken it. I don't know. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think if he had known it was Dean's bracelet, he would have relished taking it a little more than he did. <laughs> I mean, he would have like, thrown it in the lake. This situation very easily could have been, oh, hey, Rory, you dropped this. Like, yeah. that's what the normal yeah. reaction to this situation would be. It wouldn't be to swing it around your finger and pocket it. Yep. But no, he he does straight up steal her bracelet. He does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they do get pizza, and apparently pizza turns into also book shopping, mm-hmm. um, which is like my perfect date. So, so just so clear, clearly a date. Rory oh, yeah. has gone a has gone above and beyond to fulfill this basket thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the basket date could be said. To not be a date. A non-date, if you will. But the pizza and books are definitely a date. Yeah. Well, and when she gets home after pizza and book shopping, she's pretty excited. She's in a good mood. She's in a very mm-hmm. good mood. And Lorelai can and tell. is there <laughs> to just... Did you talk to Dean? Really kind of like, yeah, gosh, ugh. Well, like, she's she asks, like... As if she already knows the answer. So mm-hmm. who are you with? Or how did how to go with Jess? She knows what Rory is going to say. Or what Rory's thinking. So she doesn't say anything. But I wonder if Dean has already called like 10 times. Oh. I mean, I probably assume so. But <laughs> it's not mentioned that he has. Well, Rory defends Jess. He's nicer. When he wants you get to know him. Like, you can't judge him on the one time that you met him. And then Lorelai kind of slips that Dean came to her. Mm-hmm. Well, because she brings up all of the things that Dean had given her, all the examples of why Jess is a bad guy, and she right, includes yeah. the fighting. How do you and know Rory's about the fighting? Like, How do you know? Oh, because your teenage boyfriend came to me to tattle on you. So he went running to my mother? Like, that's the perfect response. Rory, I feel you on so many levels. Oh, Rory is 100% justified yeah. in this fight. Like, this is just so uncomfortable. The plan was so already, Dean is planning to come over later. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of what we learn. So it's not like Rory isn't going to be connecting with Dean at some point today. He's literally going to be coming over. Well, and Lorelai says a line, too. She's like, well, apparently Dean's going to be here any minute, or says something along the line of Dean's going to be here any minute. Rory didn't give her a time frame. She said later tonight. Did Dean give her a time frame? Probably. I love Rory's response. Well, he's probably he probably wants to talk to you anyways. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Lorelai literally talked earlier in this episode about sneaking a boy out of her window 
when presumably she was 15 or younger. Mm-hmm. And yet she's giving Rory such shit for going out with a boy and buying books. Yeah. I mean, I also know that she likes Jess. To be I'm, fair, you know. the difference being that <laughs> presumably the boy that snuck into Lorelai's room was a boyfriend or a crush. And she- Lorelai was not cheating on anybody when this boy snuck yeah. into her room. Like, Lorelai has a little bit of a... Cool. a- Lorelai has a very tiny leg to stand on when she says, hey, you're spending time with a guy who clearly likes you and ignoring how upset your boyfriend is getting. Like, just completely taking out how upset and controlling Dean is being in this. You are in a relationship with this man, with Dean, and you are completely disregarding his feelings. And not only did you go a you agreed to go on the basket date with Jess, but then you made it go even longer and spent even more time with it and turned it into a real date. Because if you look outside, it's dark. It's dark. Yeah, yeah it's nighttime. Yeah. Presumably the pizza turned into dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I would feel for Dean more if he was more sympathetic as a if character. he wasn't such an ass about it? Yes. Yeah. Like, if he was her sweet, understanding boyfriend who was like, I'm sorry, I just didn't have the money. Like... Mm-hmm. you go on it i know it's important to you like i'll see you later if that was what dean had done then yes oh my gosh rory how could you but it would have made rory into the villain mm-hmm. we can't and have that rory, yeah we can't have that not yet so, <laughs> yeah well yeah so five days later it's friday night dinner and we get an emily mention or mention we get an emily um visit What's the word we I'm looking for? We see Emily. We see Emily. Appearance. Appearance. Yeah. <laughs> what we don't get is Richard. So no. I t- a couple weeks ago, I was like, they lost their excuse. They can no mm-hmm. longer say he's at work. So they and just don't talk about it. <laughs> no, this time he's at a cigar club. Yes. I <laughs> cannot see Emily being okay with him going to a cigar club that he can go any other time of the week to miss Friday dinner with worry like right. ignore Lorelai but with worry like, like he can't go he's free the rest of the week but he has to pick seven o'clock on Friday oh no don't but they get in the fight Rory and Lorelai are clearly still fighting about mm-hmm. Jess Rory gets a beat a I can't say a text a page a page a, yeah a um, pager <laughs> I assume it is Dean because of the conversation later when she calls mm-hmm. him when she calls Jess. But so she goes away into Richard's office and calls Lane. And it's after nine. It is after nine oh. o'clock. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, How yeah. How long is this dinner? Maybe they did drinks for like an hour and then dinner for an hour? That, that has they to be like at seven. But yeah, I, the, the whole time frame. Again, we could black hole <laughs> this, but a whole yeah. time frame's jacked up. And how hard it would have um, been for Mrs. Kim to be like, it's after eight. Like, yeah, I know yeah. That's, that's a little early, but it gets us out of this time black hole. But even hole. so, the, there could have been, or she could have just said Lane's uh, grounded. Because yeah. Lane is technically, like, in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, yeah, Rory and Lorelai are silent until they're not silent. Silent, They're snipping at each other. And Emily, I love Emily in the background just being like, who's Jess? Is Jess the new boyfriend? You should stay away from Jess. What happened to Dean? (laughs) I love love Emily's involvement in this because 
she's like truly just information seeking like Mm -hmm. there's like nothing malicious about her involvement in this at all she's just like trying to piece together what is going on Mm -hmm. i love emily's attitude in this because even everything that like i guess it's just her mood but even like in the conversation she has with Lorelai about like the whole you're in the right i fully support you Mm -hmm. like emily really is just in her way trying to help like obviously she goes way overboard with the lock her in her room and all this stuff's like oh (laughs) really but she thinks she's helping i like that rory pointed out that lorelei didn't like dean in -hmm. the beginning and lorelei has that like well i didn't know him and he's like well what about jess well i know him and it's like she will never give jess a chance because she sees i don't know if she sees the guys that she grew up with too much in him or herself too much in him. Well, to be fair, Jess's first conversation with Lorelai ends up with him insulting her and making jokes about her and Luke sleeping together. It's like, that's kind (laughs) of hard to come back from as a first impression. Well, and I can't remember at what point in the episode it is, but like Lorelai has like a big long monologue about like bad guys and how like bad guys get you into situations so like i understand where she's coming from from like a mom's perspective of like Mm -hmm. it's easy to get caught up in things when you're with people who make bad choices right like i think any any parent can see that but but should you lock your daughter up in a room books and eating pizza you know like But yeah, Rory does leave the table, um, which does lead to Emily just really scaring Lorelai by agreeing with her. Like Emily said, 100%. Lorelai's face is so funny. Yeah. Honestly, it almost feels like it almost feels like a joke how over the top Emily is. Like, lock her up and throw away the key. You need to be her ears and her eyes and her brain until she can make choices for herself. It like, but she does it completely straight. Like, yeah, it is not a joke. This is genuinely how she feels, and she kind of even throws in a quip at the end about, "We know how good girls can be swayed by bad boys," kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I think she says, "We all know how good girls go bad." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, are you saying that about Lorelai? Yes. Yeah. Oof. That's 100% yeah. how I took it. Oof. That was a knife in the side. But, like, the way she says it is almost like, girl, you know we're on the same side. Like, yeah. It- and it wakes Lorelai up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At least to the point where she does not want to be Emily Gilmore. And uh, she goes into the Richard's office where Rory is. And Rory's still giving her sass. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like, Lorelai is just like, I don't want to be your eyes and ears and, like, lock you in a room. And Rory's just like, okay, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) I will say, I appreciate Lorelai's, like, apology talk, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, she finally, like, has calmed down and is like, okay, I can't stop you from being friends with him. I understand that. But you do need to be aware of the fact that He's getting into trouble around town. And like it or not, by association, that can get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I appreciate Lorelai coming in from like a calm, rational perspective. Like, just think about it. 
and be aware that your decisions affect more than just you. Yeah. So one thing to go back to, we kind of touched on, Lane, we do not get, Rory does not get Lane, nope. but that scene kind of continues. Um, Mrs. Kim goes in and she sees that Lane is crying. Yeah. Well, and it's she's kind of like, a big deal because yeah. Mrs. Kim is willing to let Rory talk to Lane, even though it's mm-hmm. after nine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she says after nine and she said, just please this one time. And like Mrs. Kim softens and is willing to do it. But Lane says she doesn't want to, which leads to Miss Kim going into her room. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mrs. Kim feels bad for her, for Lane. Yeah. Like she sees how hurt she is and she blames it on the American, American boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Those horrible American boys. And honestly, like as as heartbreaking as it is, the conversation between the two of them is like really kind of funny. Yeah, Henry Cho. Like, Cho. Henry Cho. Cho. That sounds Korean. Korean. He is and then, Korean. <laughs> and Len- Lane goes on a rant about the whole thing of here's what's happened, and you're sure he's Korean. That's <laughs> literally the only thing that matters. Yeah. Well, he's Maybe Korean. I can call his mother. He's smart. He goes to church. He's, he's a counselor at Bible camp. Like he's yeah. gonna be a doctor. You just said Sandra. Maybe I can call his mother. Do. You- do you think Mrs. Kim already knows his mother just because, like, <laughs> it's a tight-knit community? Potentially. No. no I, I don't know. in Hartford. But, I mean, she could have connections. She she is an antique store owner. I would assume that she would have connections to different cities. Or the church. Yeah. Or the yeah. church. She was in an oh. all-girls tambourine band. She was. <laughs> I just saw that episode the other day. <laughs> We go back to Lorelai and Rory. They're arriving home. Lorelai is horrified still that Emily agreed with her. Mm-hmm. Needs to shower to take that off of her. And um, Rory picks up the phone. Rory is immediately acting shady. She's like yeah. trying to get Lorelai to go upstairs. I really appreciated Alexis's acting in this, like this little scene mm-hmm. in the you know kind of like entry hallway. Because she does a great job of being like, oh, I'm talking to my mom. But at the same time, there's like something else going on. Her motivation is not, I want mom to go upstairs. Her motivation is, I need to get her out of the way so I can grab this phone. Mm -hmm. And like, theoretically, I guess if you were watching this live and you didn't know what was going to happen next, you're like, well, Dean paged her. Right? Right? Yeah. But who does she call back? She does not call Dean. She calls Jess. And she calls Jess just because. Yeah. And also, okay. And this is why I wanted to mention the fashion early in the episode. Because he did not look his greatest. He looks so cute here. Oh, he does. This scene is a great, like, tiny moment. And I love it because he's wearing, like, this blue, like, mechanic shirt. And I love the, name, the shirt. The name thing on it is Jess, so it is his Does he shirt. Have a personalized. Well, I think he probably worked at like uh, an oil change station when he was back home. That's in what New I York. was thinking. Yeah. Oh, so that's why he's probably so handy. I'm like, I'm putting all the pieces together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's so cute. And yeah, they just start talking about their books. Yeah, because I mean, he's he says, "I'm glad you called." Um, and then they jump into the books mm-hmm. and, oh my gosh, either Rory is incredibly naive or she is like knowingly flirting, but 
But I just, I feel like telling anybody that if a book doesn't live up to your expectations, I'll make it up to you. It's inherently so flirty. (laughs) Yes. so flirty. And he definitely feels like it's flirty. I mean, he's twirling her bracelet and everything. They're at the age, too, where that line can get borderline sexual. Suggestive. Yeah. Right? It can go anywhere. Yeah. Is she going to buy him pizza? Is she going to buy him a book? Is she going to dot, dot, dot? Who knows? Make out with him? I don't. I would make out with him. He looks, he's 25 here, right? Yeah. Something like that. If he looks the way he looks right now, I think all of us would make out with him. (laughs) I mean, if I wasn't married, I would make out with Milo. (laughs) Yeah, if I wasn't in a long-term relationship. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) All Um, yours, Sandra. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, But yeah, the... This episode is a big Rory and Jess episode. I want to say it's their first date episode, even though they weren't together. Mm-hmm. They kind of have a lot of firsts before they get together. They do. Officially. I think it's they have weird. all of their firsts before they get together. Besides, like, the the first first. I mean, even their first kiss is before they get together. Yeah. But yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. But yeah, that, that was-, was this episode. A tisk and a tasket. Alright, guys. This is really hard for me. Who is the townsperson of the week this week? I have a suggestion. Okay. Towns couple of the week? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. okay. Suki and Jackson? Yeah, yeah. It's- I'm down. It's, like, both of them had some not-so-great moments, but, like, as a couple, this is such a great episode for them. Well, like, Suki's not-great moment is just, like, plain naivety, I guess, and not wanting. (laughs) Jackson's not-great moment is, like, pure emotional response to finding out that your girlfriend is either, I don't want to say stupid, but that naive (laughs) that she's just not listening or actively just doesn't want to live with you and is trying to let the blow land softly but then they resolve it and they're so cute (laughs) i mean the dip kiss oh my gosh the picnic perfection the proposal i don't know how we could go anywhere else all right well congratulations jackson and suki soon to be belleville Right? Yes. I don't think Suki ever changes her name. Which Maybe makes not. sense. She's yeah. like made quite like a a reputation for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Suki yeah. St. James. Mm-hmm. I, I never ref- hear her referred to as Suki Belleville. Jackson Just Belleville so and wrong. Suki St. James, congratulations here this town couple of the week. And congratulations on your engagement. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we have references with Sandra. Right. So for our references this week, I mean, I'm going to focus on Jess. What happens in Jess episodes? 
he always has like the weirdest references and I'm not quite sure they ever kind of make sense to his character but like sometimes I think like why would you know this but uh, <laughs> I'll give him a pass <laughs> just as a quick thing this week's title is a tisket a tasket as we mentioned before which is actually a nursery rhyme it is also a song um, by Ella Fitzgerald. And the nursery rhyme goes as followed. A tisket, a tasket, a green and yellow basket. I wrote a letter to my friend, and on the way I dropped it. I dropped it, I dropped it, and on the way I dropped it. A little boy, he picked it up and put it in his pocket. And is, doesn't that fit the tone of this episode very well? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. But to go back to Jess, he starts the episode telling Rory and Dean they're having their vertical from here to eternity moment in front of the super glue. So from here to eternity, I don't know if anyone has seen it here. Um, I have not. But it's a 1953 it. romance with Sinatra, Donna Reed, Deborah Carr, Montgomery Clift, all the big names from the 50s, about three U.S. Army soldiers stationed in Hawaii in the months leading up to Pearl Harbor. Um, It won eight Academy Awards. It was super amazing. It was really good. But really, it's famous for that beach scene between Burt Lancaster and Deborah Carr, where it's like super passionate makeout session. Like the waves are crashing around (laughs) them. They are horizontal, which is why Jess says they're vertical. But also it's sexy and crazy beautiful and like not at all the peck. Dean and Rory were having. <laughs> no. My next reference is just saying, excuse me, Edgar Bergen, I think I like Charlie McCarthy to answer now. So this is when Dean is like harping on Jess and Rory and just like talking over Rory and all that. So Edgar Bergen was a um, ventriloquist, right? And his dummy was called Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> so basically what the uh, what Jess was saying here was can you please let her talk? Yes. But could you almost make the argument that Jess is kind of insulting Rory with this by calling her a dummy? He's kind of? Yes, he's kind of insinuating she's a puppet. Yeah. Yikes. So <laughs> take that as you will. But I, their routines, the routines between Edgar and the dummy Charlie, were very witty, and they were usually cheeky, um, with Charlie saying stuff that normal people could not get away with. But yeah, so I'm not sure if Jess is being nice here. No, not really, but you know, it's I Jess. I feel like he's just trying to be quippy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those were my little references this week. Speaking of references... We're going to talk about a misreference from last week. Oh, goodness. And that will be spoken about later. But just know that we heard you guys. (laughs) We heard you loud and clear. More than we've heard you ever before. (laughs) Um, That was this reference. And after references, we have Books with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. Okay, so for this week, it it took about 30 minutes into the episode before we had a book mentioned, and then we had like four mentioned in like a five-minute period. So Jess 
or Rory wants Jess to try the Fountainhead by Ayn Rand again. Jess wants Rory to read essentially anything from Ernest Hemingway. It's not specifically mentioned. And then at the I feel like there was another book mentioned there or maybe another author. But then at the end, Rory has gotten a book called The Children's Hour for Lorelai that apparently she has wanted to read for a while. Today, we are going to focus on The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. It is a 1943 novel. Ayn Rand is Russian-American. She was born in Russia and then moved to America when she was younger. The story itself revolves around a handful of characters. It's early 1922. Howard Wark is expelled from the architecture department of the college that he's going to. While there, he went with a gentleman by the name of Peter Keating, who ends up graduating with honors and gets a position at a prestigious architecture firm in New York by the name of Franken and Heyer. Heyer apparently suffers a fatal stroke brought on by Keating antagonizing him. And Franken, the other partner under the firm, replaces Hire with Keating, which is a whole slew of problems in my mind. But I'm wondering, I'm guessing they didn't get along. Work was expelled for not adhering to the school's preference for historical convention and building design. He goes to New York City, gets a job, tries to make it by, but then the remaining partner of the firm that Keating is in retires. Keating hires work because they went to college together and I guess got along. A whole bunch of drama ensues with work basically saying, I'm the artist. I'm going to do what I want and I'm not going to listen to your historical context of architecture. And he essentially gets fired and then publicly attacked. He meets a woman named Dominique through a job that he's working at. Apparently, their first sexual encounter is rough, and it is widely debated as to whether it was rape or not. I would suggest by today's standards, most likely sounds like it would have been rape. Um, This is what Rory read when she was 10? Apparently. Work ends up teaming up with multiple people. Dominique, the girl that he's with, ends up marrying Keating, and then... Another architect, Ellsworth Tui, pays Keating to divorce Dominique because he wants to be with her, and then they get married. And all the while, I guess Dominique is going back and forth of like publicly bashing York and then publicly praising York, whatever fits her motive at the time. It goes on. The entire theme of the book is supposed to be about like individualism. Anne was. She came to New York um, from the Soviet Union, and she was incredibly impressed by Manhattan's Manhattan's skyline, Um, and that's kind of where she got the inspiration for the architecture behind it. Um, She did a lot of research into architecture, read a lot of biographies, and actually did volunteer work um, as a typist with an architect. But the theme in it is it's brought around a lot of criticism, a lot of a lot of debate primary theme is individualism versus collectivism. Uh, You know, is it better to be true to yourself or to mesh in with a crowd? Mm -hmm. Um, It's very interesting, I feel like. And I can definitely see where all of the debates come from. There's also a lot of debate around Dominique and her character as well. She is the really only female protagonist, it seems like, in the show. 
Interesting book for a 10-year-old to read. Yeah, definitely. I um, <laughs> tried to read this book Yeah. when I was like 15. And you know how you said it's interesting? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's well, super boring. <laughs> so I feel like the storyline behind it is very interesting. But Rory even specifically mentions that like there is a 40-page dialogue in this book. So like yeah. I feel like yeah, it's probably it. very wordy. Mm-hmm. Um maybe get the Spark Notes version. The book that I read when I was ten years old though was Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. And I didn't quite understand it. It took me until I turned like fourteen. Yeah. For me to be like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I think the first time I read that and then also um Samuel Beckett. Oh, Waiting for Godot? Yeah. First time I read that book. I was like, what is this? And then I read it again like a year later. And I was like, oh, that's what this is. <laughs> I, I actually like Waiting for Godot, but it's definitely an interesting piece. I've never read anything by Rand, but I know that a lot of uh, high school sophomores dabble in it because of the Atlas Shrugged mm-hmm, scholarship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was this thing where if you wrote an essay about the book, you could be considered for this scholarship. And I got as far as going to the library and looking at the book, and I said, not worth it. (laughs) There's no way that it's worth it to read this, write an essay, and then hope for money. So I will say it has a very interesting, like, reception. Uh, So she went through, like, 12 different publishers trying to get this book published, and all of them were essentially saying, like, no. So, which was, so I guess she had written multiple screenplays and also Broadway plays. So she wow. had a name, like, as a writer. She just didn't have a published novel at this point. So she's been writing this book. She's trying to to get somebody to pay her to continue writing it. So she was working as a script reader for Paramount. Uh, and her boss put her in touch with Bob's Merrill Company. Um, and a recently hired editor, Archibald Ogden, liked the book. But the president of the company wouldn't okay it because... Two internal reviewers gave conflicting opinions. One said it was a great book that would never sell, and the other said it was trash, but it would sell great. (laughs) So the president was like, yeah, we're not going to do this. And Ogden wrote in a letter that was like, if this is not the book for you, then I am not the editor for you. So he basically put his job on the line to get this book published. I do know uh, there was a lot of controversy with this book. And when I say a lot, I mean not really any at all, but... (laughs) <laughs> in my head, it's it was bigger than it was because I was really close friends with the librarian at my mm-hmm. school, and um, she brought Anne Rhine. I think it was Atlas Shrugged, and the yeah. principal told her no because of the anti-Catholic views, oh. and um, they she had to unstock the book, unshelve the book, and then like a year later, she was like, "I'm just gonna shelve it without telling." <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And then she did, and then no one took it out anyway, so it didn't matter. So for The the Fountainhead was her first, like, big published book. It's kind of what really brought her to fame as a novelist. Atlas Shrugged was obviously her best-known work today. But The Fountainhead, uh, critics have challenged and condemned The Fountainhead, citing that it endorses rape, portrays a, and portrays a godless and perverse world. Uh, with Atlas Shrugged, Uh, Her fourth and final novel, the individual acts in their own self-interest, which has caused many to challenge the book's presence in the education system. 
There is no evidence that the book has been banned in the U.S., but many have expressed their dissatisfaction with the book's promotion of selfishness as moral fortitude, as well as its critical view of government. I mean, the woman's coming from the Soviet Union. I understand a critical view of government from there. Somebody just buy Rory, like, a fluffy bee tree. Give this girl, like, (laughs) a little brain break. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're trying to. Old man in the sea, and she's just like, no. No No Hemingway. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. But yeah, that was the Fountainhead. Uh, After that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices with Jess. All right. This is a... um, short episode in terms of uh like how many days we see so clothing is limited um there are a couple of outfits that i liked but didn't make it into the best worst or steal um so i wanted to give a shout out to patty and dozies she is in this like super lush royal purple velvet I don't know if it's like a cloak. It's kind of like a giant cardigan. It looks so regal. Um, And her hair and makeup looks incredible for just like going to the grocery store. She looks great. (laughs) Well, she's looking for another husband. Yeah, she is. She's on the lookout. I also wanted to give a shout out to Lorelai's Friday night dinner outfit. She wears um, a black sweater. It's got kind of a ruche detail in the front, but it's boat-necked, so kind of wider. Um, Shows off a lot of collarbone, which, of course, Lauren is gorgeous. It looks great on her. And then she has these flared pinstripe black trousers that she wears them with. And it just, I like it when she wears something other than her, like, trademark baby blue um, or, like, that crystal blue that she wears a lot. Just because, like... She has those great dark features and that pale skin and black just makes her kind of like glow from within. I love the way she looks. She looks really pretty. Mm -hmm. However, neither of those looks were my best or my worst. Uh, My worst dressed of the week, and I feel like maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I know my best dress of the week certainly will be. My worst dressed is Rory with that weird rose sweater that she wears for uh, the basket. It's just, it's a really weird, it's a, you know, we, fluff is a thing, right? Adding fluff, we obviously have Suki's fluffy sleeves, but like, it's a three-dimensional rose on this pink sweater, but it's like hairy. It's not like a puffy paint. It's not like it's embroidered. It's fuzzy, but it's like a faux fur fuzz. I just think it's kind of silly looking. hate this sweater (laughs) with an extreme passion nobody over the age of six should be wearing this sweater it does look incredibly young and very juvenile and when you're thinking about this is an episode where you know two 16 17 year old boys are fighting over her and she looks like a toddler um not my favorite look i will spoil i don't have anything to steal from this episode um potentially Lorelai's gray um, marled coat that she wears. She wears it both in the first scene when they're shopping for baskets at Dozie's, and it's also the coat that she wears to Friday night dinner. 
I like it. I know I would never actually wear it in my day-to-day life, but it's just a really nice structured coat and it, of course, looks great on her. My best dressed, Sandra, I think you're going to fight me. Um, is it's so Suki. bad. Don't do this. So <laughs> here so bad. is my reasoning. When I first looked at Suki at standing there at the basket thing, I was like, what is this girl wearing? She's got a green turtleneck on with her purple and pink uh, cardigan. And I was just like, Suki, <laughs> what are you wearing? But then I looked closer at her scarf. Scarf is cute. And the thing is, her scarf is a purple, pink, and green scarf. And it, like, ties the outfit together in a way that I didn't expect to like. Would I ever wear this? No. But it is so purely Suki St. James. She looks gorgeous. It just, it's, it's of its time. It's very full of personality. I think she was the character who was her most true self, and her clothing spoke that. And that is why Suki is my best dressed of the episode. Jess, I respect you as a person. (laughs) I even respect your granny squirrel sweater opinions. Mm -hmm. And my overall opinions? Your overall opinions are fine. (laughs) Are we talking about overalls? I'm assuming the Jackson overalls. Yes, overalls, Jackson's (laughs) overalls. But this outfit has to be the worst outfit I have seen Suki wear. I think we need a poll. Entire... Yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, we will. And I we will put up a poll. Preemptively, I'm disappointed that you all feel differently than me. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it's best. I don't think it's worst. I think she looks good in it. I I love the colors. I don't know if that green necessarily matches the pink and purple that she's wearing even with the tie-in on the scarf i'm just i'm kind of i neutral would excuse on it. it if it wasn't for the pink fluffy um wrist yeah but yeah. this is like this is becoming it's on the collar too like she yeah. just loves this thing and she's a little bit kooky that's her fashion sense and i'm gonna let her live it's, she it's had fine, a really great fine. day she's a town's person of the week um but yeah and then of course also, shouts out to Jess at the final scene in his blue mechanic shirt. I love a man who works with his hands. I think uh, it's a great look. Yeah. And the brown pants, like the brown jeans, kind of different. Yeah. Cool. I was trying to get a good view on it, but like this outfit of Lorelai's mm-hmm. with the blue turtleneck and the jeans, I am not a huge fan of blue on blue. And mm-hmm. so like I will very rarely re- wear a blue shirt when I'm wearing blue jeans. But Lauren Graham just looks phenomenal in yeah. this outfit. That would this would be my best dress. The red belt, like, is just like a perfect split of the two. Definitely, mm-hmm. I think Sandra, the red I don't belt know if that's what... makes it. Yeah. Um, I actually my note is that like I'm a really big sweater person, so like I love that turtleneck. I know it's just a plain dark blue, but it just looks so good. It, it does. looks really it like might just be Lauren. laid back, cool girl chic. She's just hanging out with the townsfolk, and she looks super hot. I understand why those guys were there to bid for her. <laughs> it looks much better without the Sherpa jacket. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel bad about Rory's sweater, because, like, I feel like they thought they were doing something with it, and, like, they weren't. It but, like, okay, bad. if we just look at this image right now without moving it, Emily, 
Does it not appear that the green is not even oh. attached to the sweater? It's just it's fuzz. On like, if you look at her stomach and her, like, chest, there is space between them because she's a skinny little thing. That green <laughs> stands off. It's almost like it's not attached to the sweater. It's trying to run away. And I understand. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely attached to the sweater. It definitely raises up away from the sweater yeah. way more than anything should. It looks like a kid's project. It really it looks does. like the Grinch is on her sweater from that side view. <laughs> Join us. Roast oh, wow. Rory's sweater in the comments on this Instagram post. Um, but yeah, that is fashion for this week. Definitely some differences of opinions, but I think we can all agree that uh, we're happy with how Suki ended up. Yes. We think Jess looked hot in his blue shirt. Yes. Um, and that sweater was a bad choice, Rory. Yes. So... After fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks, and uh, Sandra already alluded to something that a lot of you spoke to us about. We we apparently, um, there was a reference, we, we casually asked, hey, if anyone knows the reference, what they mean about this, let us know. Well, will you and let us know? And boy, did you. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be the uh, biggest response we've had on anything in a while. So... Clearly, we should have known that pulling a full on Tabitha is a bewitched reference to Samantha's daughter. <laughs> In our defense, bewitched aired from 1964 to 1972. I am the oldest of this group, and this aired a full 25 years before I was born. Did I watch Bewitched as a child? Yes, I did. I have not watched it since I was a child. <laughs> Yeah, right? It was on Nick and Knight, but... I don't think I watched long enough for them to have kids. Yeah, I remember watching the beginning, like, the first season or two, and I remember them having kids, but I don't remember ever watching the episodes, like, with the kids. I don't remember the episodes at all. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, from Earth to Pluto, Ayla, Ellen, and Lisa, thank you for letting us know about the bewitched reference. <laughs> Honestly, our inbox was just like, Tabitha's a bewitched thing. Tabitha's witch, Tabitha's bewitched. And we're like, oh my gosh. Guys, do you think Tabitha was a bewitched reference? <laughs> no, it was not. No, but we um, do appreciate it. We asked we and did. you answered, so thank you. Yes, we definitely cannot complain about that. Thank you so much. And it, it's fun to get the interaction. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. We also had a message from Ninja Slayer on Instagram about um, a previous episode of Richard and Stars Hollow. She says, the scene with just Jess and Rory in this episode is actually one of my favorite underrated scenes of theirs. So that was um, on the Richard and Stars Hollow episode. And I'm trying the, to remember. I'm pretty sure that's the egg roll scene where yes. like the ah, censorship. Yes. Yeah, that it's is a, good a really one. cute scene. Yes, fully agree. Definitely one of their most underrated scenes. Earth to Pluto, she also uh, commented on the Secrets and Loans episode. Yeah. I believe. She said, Kirk is definitely the learn-on-the-job type. And I say that because there are far too many times when he's just not 100% clear on what the job to truly requires of him. Yeah, you're right. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not wrong. And then... On comments for our post last week, just for the new episode out, uh, from Earth to Pluto, I had to pause at 11.23 because, OMFG, how did you not get the tab at the reference? I laughed so hard at that comment. We're going to um, have to do a but... Bewitch episode. <laughs> right? Like April Fool's Day. 
Um, but also from Ellen, having the worst day, but knowing I get to listen to this episode later is a bright spot. So, oh, Ellen, sending yes. you love. So much yeah. love. Thank you so much. And we have more. More time. Yes. Yeah. Um, we got an email from Simone, um, who we think might also be one of our Instagram commenters. Um, but she said, Suki and Jackson are engaged. Woohoo. And so officially begins the Rory, the Rory and Jess saga. Squee. My sweet surly boy forked out $90. That's a lot of money for a pre-Walmart employee of the month just to have, no? Uh, on a horribly curated food basket just to spend some time with his preferred Gilmore girl. After sharing the memory of that time Luke pushed him in the lake and a charming little prank by Rory and a bit of honesty about why he lied, or why he bid on her basket... Tall and mad is a funny combo. That was a funny <laughs> line. Um, they continue to bond over their mutual love of classic literature. A hobby of mine is buying and reading books mentioned in TV shows that I love. Jess pockets the anti-Samulet? Random supernatural reference, which obviously won't lead to any trouble oh, at all. I get all. it. I get it. Because <laughs> his name's Sam. Yeah, because his name is yeah. Sam, and it's... <laughs> Made by Dean, and it's an amulet. And it's an I get amulet. It. I, get and it. I really I get have it. no idea what this dogs. point is. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide to trade the leftovers for delicious pizza and a trip to the bookstore. Best semi-unintended first date ever. And OMFG, how adorkable is that phone call between them at the end? My heart melts. And then she sent, like, the lovey hearts, happy, contented face. So thank you, Simone. I think we agree with pretty much all of your comments. Yeah. But yeah, after that, we have the um, comments on this episode. First off, we have from Ninja Slayer Girl. I just love all the scenes with Jess and Rory by themselves. The picnic and talking about books on the bridge. The late night phone call with more flirting and talking about books. All peak romance. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, I've also loved the Sima... Cinematography, cinematography, right? Cinematography, cinematography. I also love the cinematography. Nope. I also love the <laughs> cinematography of the bridge against the backdrop of the lake with the reflections. is just so beautifully done. It is really pretty. It's so. It kind of reminded me of the Notebook. Um, definitely a shame. The only other time we see Jess and Rory at the bridge together is at the end of the dance marathon, because my head canon is definitely that they spend a lot of time there together. After they officially started dating, just reading and enjoying each other's company. I actually kind of said this before. I In my head, too. I'm like, oh, Rory and, and Jess spent a lot of time at the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also got a couple messages from Ellen, who um, says both Jess and Dean were incredibly toxic to the point where it outweighed Rory's. And then I think there's an autocorrect issue, but she says show. So, sure. No, I agree completely. Um, Jess and Dean, everyone is toxic in this episode. This is an everyone sucks situation. Yeah, uh, this, this whole fight, everybody involved, everybody kind of sucks there. Now, I do want to mention, Ellen says this is the second time proposals are used to solve an argument. And True. kind of. Yeah, yeah. But better than Max and Lorelai, at least. They stay together yeah. at the very least. I will say in this one, I don't know if this, this doesn't feel like a proposal to solve an argument. Like the argument's already solved. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, slight disagree. The proposal does pretty much directly follow an argument after it's solved, but thankfully with the, it is not the same as the Max and Lorelai of, clearly we know what we have to do. Yeah, get married. No, that's not, no, that's not it. Well, Park Elk uh, says, I love this episode. Rory finally spends time with Jess and then like the heart emoji. Um, And Suki and Jackson are adorable. Agreed. And Ash uh, says, Jackson and Suki getting engaged and three exclamation points. Agreed. Um, The way it's done is so adorable. It is super adorable. Um, I really loved it. And this is one of my favorite episodes and it's one I rewatch all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a fun episode. It is. Okay, before we get into coffee, I need to hear your argument. Okay, because I had a debate going on when uh, Luke and Lorelai have their date. Lorelai has an open cup. It's a styrofoam cup. Luke also has the same cup. It's also open. Is that coffee or is that Coke? Because she's eating a burger. We've seen Lorelai order both. We've seen Lorelai order both coffee and a burger in the same sitting before. So I wouldn't put it past her. But presumably Luke picked and brought all of this food out. It was not like Lorelai ordered. That is true. And technically, he would put it in a coffee cup, no? That's my biggest argument. I can't say Coke's any better than coffee to be, to hit Luke's, like, healthy way. Mm -hmm. But I've also never seen Luke serve coffee in a styrofoam cup like this. Exactly. It's always been in a coffee cup. So let's go with some kind of soda. Yeah, I'm going to assume that's not coffee, which means that both... Lorelai and Rory only had one cup of coffee, and it was that little cup of thermos co- coffee yeah. while they're waiting. Makes sense. So, coffee light. Yeah. But it did take place basically one day. Essentially, And then a Friday yeah. night dinner, yeah. So that makes sense. But yeah, we hope you liked this episode. This was fun to do. It was fun it to was rewatch. Fun. It's like, as much as we, you know, talked about maybe Rory's not doing the kindest thing. It's so exciting to really start digging into the Jess episodes. Like, it really is. The Jess arc is is prime Gilmore time to me. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to be in it. I'm excited. I just, I love season two. <laughs> season two is so nice. I don't know. It's just cozy right now. Yeah. Really it's cozy. It. It's comfy. It's home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, uh, this was Sandra. Thank you so much for listening. And I was Jess. And this is Emily. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach us on Instagram at townmeetingpod or email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And now you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.